And now, the Internet's favorite podcast, podcastrated with your hosts, Brad and Caleb. So you also want to realize how time flies uh, today or yesterday, depending on how you look at it. I've lived in Nashville for seven years. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Seven years. Like, that's crazy. That's like, you know. How many times did, have you eaten hot chicken in the last seven years? Uh, let's see here. Probably you know, six or seven, honestly. It really should be more, but. <laughs> you were a vegetarian for a big chunk of that time. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that Princess got hot chicken? Hmm? Princess? Which hot chicken? I've actually never been to Prince's. Where did we go? Most of the time, it's uh, it's Hattie B's, and we we went to we went to um, we went to Bolton's. We went to Bolton's. Okay, but I haven't been back since. Not because it wasn't good, but because I found Hattie B's to be a better experience. I thought Bolton's was pretty good, or where yeah, where we went, it was excellent, and the yeah. sides were great. But thought- yeah. You gotta try Hattie B's sometime though, because I love it. I haven't even been to Prince's, and that's supposed to be the best, but it's just so far away. Yeah, that's like East Nashville, isn't it? Or it's yeah, kind it's of like, way, yeah. It's very east and it's very uh, north as well, and I'm very south, <laughs> so I don't often head that way unless I go to work. But I'm not eating hot chicken at three in the morning. So <laughs> are they even open? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like bar time. It's Tennessee, you know. <laughs> yeah, everything's closed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and on Saturday after five o'clock. Oh, yeah. well, maybe not so much Nashville. So, yeah, it gets a little. That's where. Yeah, it gets a little more lively <laughs> in the evening around here. But yeah, pretty much everything. If you want to try and do stuff, it's uh, pretty tough because everybody shuts down. When is bar time in Nashville? Is it two? Three. Three. Okay. Yeah, three. So when we went out after that Preds game, we were out till two, right? I think we went to that British pub. Yeah. And then we went. To, yeah. We went there. I forget where else we went. We went to the, uh, I don't know, we should get moving, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of How the Fuck Did We Get Here, uh, a subset of the podcast-rated network, where we get to ask people lots of questions, last people from our past, lots of questions that we never felt we had the chance to ask them, but now we you can hold their feet to the fire and, and get all that, wring all that information out of them that we didn't have before. Just kidding. No, we'll be nice. So... <laughs> Our uh, guest today is uh, my friend from high school, Susan, who uh, we were pretty good friends in high school, and then we fell out of touch for several years and recently got back in touch with each other and said, man, I'd really love to catch up on all sorts of stuff that happened in like the 13 years that we didn't really talk to each other. So um, so let's cram it all into a uh, podcast. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we got a lot to catch up on. So, uh, so Susan, you are the third person we're interviewing i believe who is from the nagani class of 2002 that you are happy with that or proud of that or that's wonderful or anything but i think it's just notable and we're going to work our way through everybody eventually we get to bj noski at some point in time oh i'm glad i got before him (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. so you did grow up in nagani so tell us about is your family from the up Yes. Uh, my father's actually from Sault Ste. Marie, and my mother is a Nagani native. Uh, so she went to the Nagani High School as well. The old school, though, not our right. high school. Um, actually, I was born in Marquette. We lived there for two years, and then we moved to Ishpeming for about a year while my parents were fixing up the house we haven't had in Nagani. Uh, and then I went there from kindergarten through 
senior year of high school. So you are not a bell baby then? I was not a bell baby. We lived about a block away from Marquette General, so it just made sense. If you're born at Marquette General, you're like a redette. Is there some term for that? A red baby? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I've never heard one. Okay. Never heard it either. So uh, it's interesting. You said your dad is from Sault Ste. Marie, but his family is from Canada, correct? Yes. So my great-grandparents on my grandmother's side on – my dad's side of the family uh, were from like the Quebec area. Um, so my grandmother actually didn't speak English until she went to kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Uh, she spoke French Canadian. Um, my dad's father's side's a little bit more uh, complicated <laughs> in the fact that we really don't know where my great grandfather was from. Uh, we suspect he was from southwestern Ontario, and my great grandmother was from that area as well. Okay, and tell us about, you have a famous relative from Canada, a famous ancestor from Canada that you told me about. Yes, so Louis Sear, he was the world's most naturally strong man around the turn of the 19th century, or (laughs) 20th century, 20th century. And I remember reading about him, and he would like, he lifted a platform with 20 men standing on it. Or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, how how real is that? And my, how much of that is, you know, a fable at this point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just interesting to read like all these. And he was a police officer, and all these feats of strength that he would do, and some of which were validated, and some of which weren't. But he was sort of like prototypical strongman from that that time period. Yes. It's really interesting to read all of that about him from back then. Yes, so there's actually a statue in Montreal um, in a park somewhere that mm-hmm. I need to go and visit at some point in time, That's get my picture with it. Look for a resemblance of some kind. <laughs> there isn't. I think he was a rather um, round man. <laughs> yeah, round. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had that kind of uh, uh, William Howard Taft look about him. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> so, what did your parents do for a living, or what do they do for a living? Well, my father's a retired engineer, so he was at the mine, and my mother is a teacher for the state in corrections. Mm-hmm. I remember that your mother had a super long commute back then. Uh, yeah, and actually she was transferred to Marinesco, mm-hmm. so she actually lives in Wakefield. My parents both live in Wakefield during the week now, and then on the weekends they're at the cottage in Michigami. Um, she's in, she used to, I just like... Matt, oh, sorry, Brad. Doesn't Tim Ronstrom still drive to Barriga every day? I don't know about every day because uh, we're friends on Swarm, and he checks in in the Marquette Casino all the time. Hey, Tim, if you're listening, shut up. Yeah, Tim. But I remember he drives from Nagani to Barriga every day, and I remember yeah. back then, Susan. That's what your mom did. Yes. Remember, which is a hike, but if it's the job that you have, it's the job that you have. So, and uh, uh, let's see here. You went to Lakeview then. And I ended up going to Pineview. And Brad, you went to Lakeview as well. Mm-hmm. And Susan, the first you ever heard from me back then had to do with fifth grade student council. Do you remember any of this? And it had something to do with, um, at we. I was, in, I was like the fifth grade, I was the student council president at Pineview in fifth grade, <laughs> which isn't asking much. It isn't hard to achieve when you're going up against the likes of like Mark Miller and Ben Pila. But there is something about us getting sod for our playground, and I had to write a thank you note to the Pine, the Lakeview Student Council, which I think you were on. 
I was. And you remember hearing from me somehow about that. I don't remember the details, but I remember writing a thank you note and you told me that you knew I was some kid at Pineview because of <laughs> I totally don't remember this. <laughs> yeah. This is such a Caleb thing to remember, by the way. <laughs> wow, so like complete minute details or what? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that you you were, I do that too though. You'll you remember something and then you'll bring it up to somebody else and like I have no idea what you're talking about. There's more of this coming, by the way. Oh goodness! <laughs> uh, this feels like an episode of This Is Your Life. Um, <laughs> I don't remember That's that. What you told me back then is I wrote a I wrote a thank you note and you somehow read it or got it or something like that. I was on student council. I don't know. I don't think I was the president. I might have been like vice president or something. I don't remember anymore but okay. yeah you yeah. told me several years ago that you remembered seeing this letter from this kid at pineview and you're wondering what the, who the hell this guy is but, <laughs> <laughs> but okay so <laughs> uh then you ended up playing the uh violin a whole bunch and that was sort of in high school one of the things you were known for so can you tell us how you got started doing that I started really young. My parents had me take lessons when I was in kindergarten. So I was five years old when I started and I I just took weekly lessons. I wasn't really serious about it until probably fourth, fifth grade maybe. Um, but by that point, I was, I, I was decent at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, just because I had to. Did you show a natural affinity for it back then or did your parents are like, here, take this. You're going to play it. It was more, here, you're going to play the violin. That's weird. I don't know. I don't know if I would be down with a parent that's going to do that. Of course, I'm going to do that to my kids. Yeah. Here, you're playing the piano, like it or not. You do. <laughs> yeah. You're taking lessons. So. Oh, and another thing about Pineview. I'm sorry. To bring back to the weird stuff. You said your mom volunteered at Pineview. Is that correct? Uh, my mother was a substitute teacher. Okay. And somehow she knew my mom as a result of that. I think it was because your mother was, uh, I'm going to use air quotes here, yeah. the fluoride lady. My mom was the fluoride lady. That's true. <laughs> and so she must have come into the classroom or something when my mom was substitute teaching. And so, you know, she probably talked to her. Yeah. Your mom's pretty chatty from what my I My mom is extremely chatty. And it's gotten worse as she gets older. And she's probably <laughs> listening right now. But she will talk to anybody at any time, if they're listening or not. Which, hey, I love you, mom. But <laughs> this is... I, but yes, my mom, Brad, do you know anything about this, about my mom doing this? No. She would come to Pineview one day a week and go from classroom to classroom, and then everyone would do a fluoride mouth rinse because there was no fluoride in the water in Richmond Township, nice. uh, where the heathens live, you know? Yeah. So she would uh, do that with DJ Parent's dad, I think, for a while. <laughs> and everyone was like, your mom's here. I'm like, oh, great. Now we got to do fluoride mouth rinse again. It was just like the weirdest thing. That is weird. Like, my mom did? I don't know. Like, that's what the kids know my mom for, is being the tooth lady. Lord, lady, that's fun. Yeah, and she's in, always been interested in public health and everything like that. And so I think she thought she was doing some kind of a favor, which I think she was. I don't know. Sure. i got to get a cavity filled next month. So oh, she, now she knows. Mom's listening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be so upset. I, there's a reason I quit going to my mom to get my teeth cleaned, because she would guilt me. Like, oh, why are your teeth so bad? I failed. Yeah. You failed me as a child. Yeah, a real dentist isn't going to do that. Exactly, I know. Your mom. <laughs> she just does that, you know, what is yep. wrong with you? I hate yep. that. I hate that, and I'm sure she's aware of it by now. But so. I think we could all use a, uh, a, a dentist or dental hygienist that will do that for you. I agree. <laughs> to hear the truth. Yeah, exactly. To hear the actual, why haven't you been flossing? 
So <laughs> like she would ground me. No, she wouldn't ground me. Um, uh, anyway, so you ended up playing violin and you, Susan, then you and I met in um, like physics class. I remember you from eighth grade for a while. We were in algebra together. We were in like the smart kid classes kind of together. I hate to characterize this like that. <laughs> the classes I wasn't in. <laughs> no, I actually remember you from sixth grade from Mr. Haynes's class. Oh, that's right. We were in Haynes's class together. Yeah. yeah. That was when Mr. Haynes told us he was getting divorced in the middle of class. That was weird. Yeah. Were you in the in the class with Mr. Delpier? No, I don't remember. Oh, I'll, 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 we'll talk about it later. I was, in, <laughs> I was in Chuck D's class in eighth grade, the um, environmental what, adventure class. Yep. Yeah. And I, I took remember, that as many times as I could. I remember we went camping up at Baycliffe for a while, like overnight in the winter. Did you go to Hogsback? Because we went to Hogsback. Did we? I've never been to Hogsback, ever. I've oh. been up Sugarloaf like 15 times. Never been. Well, to- it was near Hogsback. You don't really go up it, but it's like a, there's all the woods underneath it. Because I, I went camping there like three times. Because I was in Mrs. Nelson's class. Yeah. Who became as a T uh, in sixth grade. And uh, we went. <laughs> for some reason, our class got to go camping. In sixth grade, that's weird. Which was great. Mm-hmm. And then I had environmental adventures. I took it twice. I'm pretty sure because I could. And uh, we went camping. Or maybe I only took it one time. Maybe there's some other class. But I had him every year in middle school. Anyway, doesn't he's, matter. He's a pretty awesome teacher. I'll, yeah. I will admit. Yeah. <laughs> like so excited about everything all the time. Yeah. Kind of yeah. weird, like Bill Nye sort of way. Like science. Yeah. You know. And, <laughs> and he was a good teacher. Yeah, he was a good teacher. So um, we get to high school and. and uh, Susan, you and I decided to date for a year, which is really weird. But yeah, we to- you said as it'll be a year. No, <laughs> yeah, we said it was the agreement ahead of time. Yeah. All right, okay. we're gonna do this. Right, we're gonna date for one year. <laughs> one year, and that's it. And at the time, you okay? So I, I went to we went to prom together, and then you were working at the GKC movie theater by Econo, and I was working at Border Grill mainly at the time. I want to say. And uh, we went to prom, we hit it off, and it worked out. And we ended up, the extent of it was we went and saw a lot of movies because we could get in for free, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. And I remember we went to, I wrote down like the list of movies in your yearbook, if I remember. Yes. It was like a dozen of them or something like that, which is weird because I hardly watch them now. But. It was pretty fun. I mean, we took some trips and we did some fun stuff and hung out a lot. And we, um, shoot, do you, do you remember? Okay, here's another one of those little things that only I remember. <laughs> we went to Mackinac Island for a day trip. And do you remember taking the ferry there and the uh, guy who yelled all aboard to us, his voice cracked when he yelled all aboard? And it sounded really, really funny, and we just looked at each other and laughed. And Brad, is this the kind of thing you're talking about? <laughs> yes, this is the kind of thing. This like complete snapshot. Where he goes all aboard, and we just like looked at each other and laughed, and it was hilarious. And I don't remember that moment. I remember when I remember two things from that trip. I remember you getting pulled over on US uh, US two. Correct? Yes, yeah, US two, and you were going insanely fast. 
<laughs> you, you got off without a ticket. You just got a warning. And then the other one was, uh, I think we were on the beach at Mackinac Island, but you seem to remember we were at Lake Michigan. We were on, on Lake Michigan. Too, but yeah. we, lost, we lost the keys to the car. Yes. <laughs> so before that, we rented a tandem bike and we biked around the island, around Mackinac Island. We, it was only a day trip. And then on the way back, those like super long beaches between um, St. Ignace and Manistique, Mm-hmm. We got off somewhere there to just hang out on the beach and sit there for a while. And when I went back up to the car, we were like sitting near a pile of rocks and I couldn't find my keys. And we went back and they had fallen out of my pocket and they were underneath the sand. And so we kind of had to like dig for them for a little bit in order to find the keys to the car. Wow. So, yeah, that was kind of freaky for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, uh, that was pretty fun. And then we hit a point in the summer after we graduated where you said, I'm going to tech no matter what. And I said, well, I'm going to Kalamazoo College. And you gave me the option. You said, do you want to keep this going or not? And I said, you know, I know about people who go off to college change a lot. And my understanding is that long distance relationships don't tend to work when you go to college. And so I said, let's just call it quits right here. And so we did that. You went up to tech. I went downstate. And tell me about your time at Tech. And why did you decide Tech over, like, everything else? I mean, you can, I, I think it's evident that you kind of knew what you wanted to go into back then? I did. I knew in, like, eighth grade, I think, that I wanted to be an engineer. Um, my dad was an engineer, like I said before. So I knew what they did. I was always good at math and science, so it was a good fit for me. And I knew that you could make a pretty good living with it. And I I just had the chops for it, I guess, is on what it was. Um, so I actually looked at four different colleges um, before I really landed on tech. Mm-hmm. I looked at Kettering University in Flint, oh, which yeah. uh, I didn't go to because it's a private school and it's kind of expensive and it's in Flint, which I don't think <laughs> I would have been prepared to live <laughs> actually in Flint it's at the age of 18. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Flint was, you know, it wasn't really an option for me. I also looked at Michigan State, but it was such a big school that I just felt like I might get kind of lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. And then I also looked at U of M. Um, but U of M's a little bit more expensive than Michigan Tech, and there's really not a whole lot of, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of that prestige. I, I went to U of M, but um, from a job perspective, it really didn't make a difference. Um, and then Michigan Tech was my first choice, which I ended up going with because I had been to Tech like a million times. It was only two hours away uh, from Nagani. And my dad went there, so it was just a good fit. Uh, I like tech. It was a big engineering school, but a small school, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you look at other universities and um, had Div 1 hockey, which was kind of fun, um, although I didn't really get to many games because I actually finished my engineering degree in three and a half years um, versus what most people take about five years now to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was studying all the time. I <laughs> I didn't have much of a life up at tech. Um but yeah, I studied a lot, and yeah, that was that was probably the extent of it. I was part of the symphony there and the film board, uh, so I got to like scoop popcorn. Kind of did the same thing I did in high school <laughs> yeah. uh, for free. They didn't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know how to make popcorn. Okay, yeah, I'm used uh, to smelling like butter. <laughs> so, Brad, we gotta get this out of the way right now. Textile sucks, right? And tech still sucks. Okay, yeah. sorry. We we just had to do that. But the nice thing about going to tech is it's is it, when you're from Nagani is it is still close, like really close to home. But it's yeah. also just far enough away that you can't just you know 
you know, yeah. you're still away from home. Yes. But without being ridiculously away from home. You're close if you need to get back to Nagani for, you know, a party or something going on that weekend, but you're yeah. you're far enough away that people won't expect you to be around. You know what I mean? It's not like a commuter school or anything. Exactly. Like yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's far enough away that you probably, you know, it's just feel, it feels like a different area. I don't know. <laughs> that's obvious. Yeah. But, well, uh, you know. Is. Yeah, yeah there were many commuter students, so everybody was there on the weekends. Like, people didn't really... There were some people who went home, obviously, that were local. But, yeah, the campus, you know, there was a lot going on on the weekends because people were from Detroit, and they weren't going to drive home. Yeah, you're not driving downstate on the weekend. So, I mean, like, would you say that the culture... And I don't mean just the college culture, but the culture in general in the Keweenaw is much different from that in Market County? Um... Is it more Finlander? Is it you? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know if this was true or not, but I remember going to Copper Bowl, which was in like Linden or somewhere up, maybe Hancock. I can't remember anymore. And we like started talking to these people that they had like a family, and they were like, "We've never been south of the bridge." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, you know, that's there's people who've never been past the Mackinac Bridge. That's." Not that weird, you know. It's a little strange, but I've heard of it. They meant the Portage Lift Bridge, <laughs> <laughs> and I—I I didn't even know that was possible. Like, I didn't know it was possible to sustain on only the Akuna, like north of perfect. the Portage Lift Bridge. Maybe, maybe they just ate thimbleberries all the time and nisu bread or something like that, and they lived off that. Yeah, I mean, the Sumi Kitchen is in Hancock. I mean, that's, like, the best breakfast you can get, so. Yeah. yeah. Did, you like, did you like the Ambo when you were there? I did. Um, Vaster Pizza and a Fishbowl. Yum, yum. Last time I was in Houghton, I think we ate at the Ambo. My friend Brandon was the sports writer, like, the editor at the newspaper in Houghton for several years, and so I'd go up there every once in a while and visit him. And man, the fall colors up there are just gorgeous. They're amazing. Yeah, my parents used to live in uh, Dollar Bay, and I had plenty of friends that were going to Tech. So I spent a lot of time in, in up going up there, and I completely agree. I loved it up there. I really did. I know Tech still sucks, but I think that that uh, that's a great. I love. I always love visiting Houghton. I don't know yeah. people like my mom hated living there. I think <laughs> to uh, an extent, but. Uh, I can kind of understand, though, because when it gets to be, like, January, February, it's cold and it snows all the time. Yes. It snows for, like, 35 consecutive days. And like, yeah, you, you go to the grocery store to pick up, you know, a few things, and then you get out and you're like, my car's covered in six inches of snow. <laughs> like, I just went in for two minutes. How did this happen? Yeah, yeah you, you were, like, literally had a, a shovel, like, in your hands. It just, like, your hands grew into it. <laughs> And they got that big, like, snow thermometer up there somewhere. Where is that? I think that's, like, towards Mohawk. It's okay. maybe Calumet. It's kind of far far north. Or at least in my college purview, I guess it felt like that was really far north because we never went there. Okay. <laughs> we were poor, right? I didn't have money for gas. It's college. <laughs> Everyone's poor. Yeah. So. Um, I guess the other big thing I did in college, which I think is a little surprising to myself, was I was a social Greek. I actually joined a sorority at Tech. And, um... It, that was an, an interesting experience, put it that way. Now, I would not have anticipated you doing that, at least back then. When exactly, I exactly. But like Tom Featherstone, he joined Sig Row and Chassel, if I yeah. remember correctly. I guess, it's, is it much more associated as part of the culture? 
Yeah, Michigan Tech? I think it is. Um, part of it is that there aren't very many women at Tech. So for me, yes. it made a lot of sense to join a sorority because like in my mechanical engineering classes, I would look at the room and there would be maybe four other women in a lecture of 100 people. And so it was kind of a nice way to meet other other women when I didn't live on campus anymore because you were so isolated and it, guys are okay, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's nice to have some, some gal pals. Would so. you, would you say that, um, did you see, and I've heard of this anecdotally a lot. Would you say that there is a lot of drop off in the engineering programs after the first year, i.e. a lot of people just don't make it through up there? Yeah, I I don't really think I knew anybody who dropped out. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that, but maybe one person. Yeah. Um, but it might have been just the people I hung around with. Um, yeah, it might be the people that you surround yourself with. I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, there were quite a few. They went to business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely. I think they sat us down at orientation, and they're like, look at to your left, look to your right. Uh, one of you isn't going to be here next semester or something. <laughs> um, that's probably pretty true. It's it's a pretty demanding engineering school is pretty demanding. Exactly, and up there, I would say that I often hear that Michigan Tech is one of the, like top ten programs in the U.S. for depending on your branch of engineering that you pick. So I and I can believe that, and I think most people I know who've gotten gone there and gone through the engineering program have had pretty good success career wise on their way out. So, I mean, you have to tolerate living in 200 inches of snow every winter, but that's what people do. And if you, if that's the hard work you have to put in, that's hard work you have to put in. But There's winter carnival. That's true. You play a lot of broom ball up there? I did play my first year. I didn't after that. I was kind of like the dirty player. <laughs> like I tripped yes. people and um, I was small. You know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest person. So I'm like, I'm only 5'4". Um, and... The other, I was on a women's team, and I was one of the smaller girls, and so I was kind of at a disadvantage, because it was, there was checking, and you don't really have a whole lot of padding on, and (laughs) depending on the ice conditions, they would limit how many steps you could take to do a check, but, you know, somebody who has, like, six inches of height on me, um, yeah, they're going to just basically knock me down, (laughs) so I had... I had my own coping mechanism of accidentally tripping people. Oh, of course. Yeah. What do you got to do what you have to do when you're in college? Yeah. So I didn't play a whole lot. Um, it, it was fun, but it, it's, uh, it's really cold. It's yeah. really cold outside. <laughs> Just speaking of the snow for one second, I do a lot of cross-country skiing down here, and there's all these like trail reports of all the trails around here, and people will travel from here up to the Keweenaw in April. Because there's no snow left here, but there's a ton of snow up there. And they're like, the skiing is so great up here. And like into May, they will cross-country ski up there, which I can believe. I, I can believe it. So, okay. So you got out in three and a half years. And uh, I my understanding is often with engineering that you have recruiters come to campus to find, uh, to basically recruit you for your job. And that's not something that I saw in at my college or in chemistry in general. So tell me what that process is like. And that, did that happen for you? 
Yes. So that's interesting because to me, I'm like, what do you mean you didn't have a job before you graduated from school? <laughs> People tell me this and I'm like, that's so strange. I had a job um, um, before I graduated, um, contingent on me finishing school, obviously. Yes. Um, so you did, you did, Sorry to interrupt. You did co-ops along the way? Summer co-ops? I actually interned. Um, I was supposed to intern at Pfizer in Kalamazoo oh. um, for a summer, summer of 2005. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ended up having some layoffs. Yes, and, they did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got laid off before I even started, so they didn't have an intern program, and I didn't have an internship. And I had about a month, and I was trying to scramble because I knew I needed to have an internship to be able to, to get a job. And I ended up at the mine. So I wasn't like the truck driver. I was actually doing engineering work um, at the Empire in the Tilden. So I did that for... For a summer, it was it was a good experience. What I learned the, I wouldn't want to work there. <laughs> what was the work? Yeah, what was the work that you actually did? Uh, so I one of my big projects I uh, sized a pump that was being put into a like a tailings pond, mm-hmm. and it was spraying water on the rail cars so that they could keep dust down oh. um, because it's particulate emission, and uh, you can't have that. So it was trying to keep the dust in the rail cars by keeping it moist, if you will. Um, And the other project I did was I studied all of their conveyor systems in the balling area and determined that they were too small. (laughs) and They were putting too much tonnage uh, on their belts. And that would cause, what, more PMs, more maintenance, more, you know, Uh breakdown? Yeah, yes. And then they also had a ton of spillage. So the product would come off of the belt, like the concentrate i guess it's yeah. like the powdery or uh it was on the floor beneath all of the balling area and so they had a full-time crew of people literally like oh God. um shoveling this stuff into launderers and then putting it back into the concentrator to get reprocessed so it was like a huge inefficiency right yes uh, yeah so that's what i looked at i confirmed that you know you couldn't just turn the motors fast you know, couldn't turn the conveyor belts faster um because the physics just doesn't work out Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so you got recruited by whom? So I was recruited by Dow Corning. Um, I ended up having quite a few job offers my last semester of school, and I decided to go with Dow Corning in Midland, Michigan. Uh, it was, I think, a better fit-wise. I felt like um, I felt like a square peg in a square hole. I felt like I really fit in there. Um, it was a good offer from a, a salary perspective. And I thought I could live in Midland. I was like, oh, more, Midland's kind of boring. But mm-hmm. um, I can, you know, I'm from the UP. I can handle that. I can handle it. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. And I can always move somewhere else later on. And and I did, ultimately. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So Michigan Tech, pretty much everybody goes to the career fairs. And fall is the time that you look for... Um, your opportunities is getting a full-time job and getting an internship. And mm-hmm. so that last semester I was basically gone three days a week interviewing. Oh, wow. That much. Yeah. Jeez. Where else, who else did you have offers from? Do you remember? Dow chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was there? Kohler. Oh, in John Wisconsin. Deere, Caterpillar. Um, there was this, I don't remember what the name of the company was, but this is the most peculiar one. John was working. Um, so John, my husband, uh, at the time was my fiance. He was working in Grand Rapids, uh, Spring Lake kind of area. So I was trying to get in Western Michigan. And the only job I found was at this place that made conveyor belts for chicken 
processing. Mm-hmm. So they like you designed and supported. You went into these poultry factories and like troubleshooted their problems with chickens, and they were like, "You'll never eat chicken again." <laughs> oh, I, that's the only thing. That's the only meat I will eat. You know, it's, I'll eat chicken and turkey, and I don't eat much, but I don't really want to give that up. i mean i think they have like they pull the feathers off yes they're do yeah i've looked into this specifically for some work-related purpose and they're like deep pluckers and there's a word for the the slaughtering machine i forget there's a like a there's a euphemistic term for it but there are different sized machines based on like how many animals per hour you want to kill and like i can't find videos with any of these working but it's like you know this one does a thousand chickens per hour It'll pluck and steam and kill them. And it's basically like, how can we automate this process as much as possible? Yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I don't blame you. I wouldn't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> and the money wasn't all that good. So I was yeah, like, I was going to yeah. say, I must have paid you a lot. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So before you uh, end up moving downstate, uh, or we talk about that, we should play the UP game while you we're still my, here. You read my mind, Caleb. I was going to say, before you escape the UP, Let's play the UP game. All right. So I'm going to give each of you a chance to pick a number between 1 and 276 in order to play this game. So, Susan, why don't you go first? Yeah. Any any recommendations on a good number? <laughs> there, No, actually. Oh, dang it. Um, if you have a bad one, I'll just let you have another one. Okay, um, 163. 163. McLeod's Corner. I don't think that place actually exists, and so we're going <laughs> to... Let's go um, 160. 160 is Mass City, Michigan. Ah! <laughs> Mass City, where my dad lived for about 10 years. So, Oh, oh yeah. I was like, I know there's a connection there. Yeah, so uh, pretty much my dad got into legal trouble in like 2003. And after he got out of jail, he ended up, he had a friend who lived in Mass City. And Mass City is like 20 minutes south of Ontonagon in Ontonagon County. And he lived there for 10 years, and I'd visit him there. And it's maybe a town of, like, three or 400 people. It's near Greenland and Rockland. Um, do you, okay. Have you heard of either of these places? <laughs> so I have spent an inordinate amount of time in Mass City. He lived in a house there, and he it's pretty much, you know, bad winters, no job except, jobs except for logging. The Adventure Mine is in Mass City, and they do mine tours. It's just some old mine shaft in the ground. And uh, there's a bluff overlooking the city. I mean, city is kind of a misnomer. But, you know, there's a little grocery store. And my understanding is the deer hunting around there is really good. Like some of the largest bucks that you can get are in that area in Ontonagon County. Um, a couple of years ago, my dad and I did a canoe trip from Mass City all the way up the Ontonagon River up to Lake Superior. So, and that was like just gorgeous. And there is... There is nobody else on the river the whole time. And until you get into Ontonagon, it is literally complete wilderness the whole time. Like, no boats, no houses, no nothing. So, um, have either of you ever been to Mass City? No. No. Okay. I've been to Greenland, though. You've been to Greenland? I have. I have a, a, I guess, a first cousin once removed who lives there. My dad's first cousin lives in Greenland. Yeah, and there's not much going on there. Beer Belly Bob's is in Greenland? I think there's a restaurant there. And I mean, there's a lot of snowmobile traffic in that area in the winter, and there's a kind of tourism that associates with that, you know, bars that are on the snowmobile trails and things like that. Is there a sign somewhere that points to Mass City this way? Because I may have seen that. Yeah, if you are going from 
Bruce crossing yeah. north. Yeah. Um, you'll hit a T and then right is Mass City and left is the road to Antonagon from there. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I've never been to Mass City, but I think I've seen the sign on which way to go to Mass City. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, my dad doesn't live there anymore, but I didn't mind it because it just felt like going out to camp, so to speak. Like it felt just so remote out there. Uh, no cell service, no nothing. And, you know, we stole the flush toilet, so to speak. But it was just like, all right, I'm getting off the grid. I'm going to Mass City. Oh. So I, I guess I'd give Mass City three Carl Bonax just randomly. I, mean, I feel like I'm the only one. Well, because you have a connection to it. You can give it a good one. I'm going to give it one Carl Bonax because it does not affect me one way or the other. Exactly. Yeah. Susan, how many Carl Bonax would you like to give Mass City? I'll give it two since I've been kind of near it. Okay. I'll give it a little bit. All right, Brad, you want to go ahead and pick a number? Sure. If you got Mass City M, it starts with, it's almost 160. I'm going to go with 169. All right, 169 is Michigami. Michigami. Yeah, I've been to Michigami. I've actually been there myself. I've lived there. Oh, really? I feel like I've been to Michigami. But I don't even remember where it is right now. You don't remember where Michigami is? No, I'm screwing. I'm mixing it up with like Van Riper, kind of. Yeah, over by Van Riper State Park. Oh, oh. Like yeah, Michigan. that's Champion, the Champion side. But you go a little further west. Okay. Yeah. Is, oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Michigami. Isn't that right on the border of the the county or something? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Between. I haven't spent much time there, but I've been over there. So Susan, I went with you to Michigami once. And there was like, a, did you have your graduation party there? I did. I did. My parents um, have a cottage in on Lake Michigami, so I've spent many a summer there. Okay. And had my graduation party there. Yeah, because I remember driving from. I was working at the golf course, and I couldn't make your graduation party because I had to work. And so I hung out with you for the day there. We played tennis, and then I like took the back roads from Michigami to Ki Sawyer, and I made it there in an hour, and I drove like ninety the whole way. So this is another weird thing that I remember, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hung out in Michigami, I, the town proper, I haven't really spent a lot of time in. I went to the church camp on Lake Michigami a lot growing up. Like every summer we'd spend a week at Camp Michigami, which was pretty fun. But, uh, that's pretty much the extent of what I, Michigami, like, did you hang out, go to Mount Shasta a lot and eat there? Or the, was it the big black bear paw cafe or something? What's that cafe there? It's now called the Moose Drop In. The Moose Drop In. <laughs> <laughs> Their pizza's decent. It's decent. Um, I've been there. You know, I don't make it up to the UP very much anymore. But um, I'm trying to remember when I was when I lived there. When I worked at the mine, I lived in Michigami that summer, and I don't remember eating out a whole lot. Um, but Mount Shasta is kind of strange because it's never. It doesn't have like set hours, mm-hmm. so they're kind of open or they're not open, but you never really know. Like we would just kind of look and see if there were cars in the parking lot and say, "Oh, it looks like they're open today." Yeah, pretty much. It was. It was really. It was strange. It was strange. That sounds right out of the UP. Like, yes. We're going to open yes. if we feel like it, and if we're not, we're not. Who cares about making money or anything like that? Like, well, let's go down to the restaurant today. Let's just see if they're open. But you the know. claim to fame for Mount Shasta is that scenes from Anatomy of a Murder were filmed there. Were they? I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, I think Mount I knew Shasta. that. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. Like there was just a bunch of stuff in the basement of there, wasn't there? Was that there, or was it somewhere else? Uh, I think that might have been maybe the Thunder Bay Inn. Oh, I don't I know. Think of the Thunder Bay I'm, Inn. I'm not sure. I need to watch yeah. this movie. You guys keep talking about it. I'll tell you what, it's pretty good. It's really long. 
Yeah. It's long, but it's it's worth it. Pretty good, yeah. Do they s- do they sell Shasta at Mount Shasta? That's the only thing I've ever wanted. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Bummer. They couldn't okay. Alright. So uh I'll give Michigami four Carl Bonax just because of the church camp that I hung out at a lot and enjoyed spending my time there. So how about you guys? Brad? I will give it three Carl Bonax. I uh I like the name, it's fun to say it's like <laughs> And I've been through there, and it seems like a nicer part of the UP, I guess. It doesn't seem so backwards. Oh, even though it is, but it doesn't feel like it. So sure. i give it three. Susan, how about you? Uh, I'm going to give it four and a half, because I've lived there. I've lived yeah. the dream. Yeah, You've lived the dream of living in Michigan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you have first-hand experience. Wow. We had a couple good cities today. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Good job, everybody. <laughs> All right, Susan. So you head down to Midland, and uh, how did your job at Dow Corning go? How Interest- was it? Interestingly, the first like year and a half, I hated my job. I absolutely hated it. I was so there are these things called piping and instrumentation diagrams, and my job was to count how many different types of valves were on these, and write a list, and then write purchase recs for them. So I did that nine hours a day, 80 hours every two weeks. Um, The only advantage was I had every other Friday off um, Mm -hmm. because that's what kind of work schedule it was. But it was really rough counting how many four-inch ball valves were on a sheet of paper. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I I got past that, that phase. And then I got this opportunity to move into production. And I was in a resin um, production facility. So I was the manufacturing quality engineer. And I got to work with operators and tradesmen and uh, other engineers, logistics, uh, a little bit of the business side with marketing and product development because we did a lot of commercial scale up. And it was a really big flex position for me because I was a me- I'm a mechanical engineer by training and it's more of a chemical engineering position. So I, I got to do something different and learn a lot about chemical engineering and I think it's been my favorite job so far. So I've been working for 10 years, and I think that those three years that I spent there were like the best that I've had. You told me that you ended up, you had the opportunity to move into this position, and you decided to go to Delta and take an organic chemistry class? I did. I did. Actually, it was before that. I knew I didn't want to count valves for the rest of my life, and it was either count valves or um, move to another job somewhere else and hope I could get something that I would like. Or I could try and better myself and um, make myself more marketable for a position like that. So I actually took organic chemistry, which was uh, which was fun. Learned mm-hmm. you now like the Grignard reaction oh, and Grignard, magnesium bromide. Yep, all that kind yeah. of. How yeah, yeah. And carbon, actually, carbon Dow Corning has a production scale Grignard. It's the largest in the world. Um, so, but they don't do anything with organic chemistry. Not. Think that's not really true, but it's silicone chemistry. Let me let me geek out for one second. When you do production still, was it continuous Grignard, or did you take a heel from the previous batch to start the next batch? It was continuous Grignard. Okay, so just constant Grignard all the time. Okay. Yes, um, but the stuff that was in you know my area, um, we had both continuous and um, batch processing. Okay. So. Because we do green yards at work, and we have to take a heel from a batch to and stick it in the freezer and save it for the next batch in order to start the reaction. Brad, I'm sorry if you don't know what any of this is that we're talking about, but sometimes if you need to make carbon-carbon bonds, you need magnesium bromide. So, 
Copy that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy reaction that can go out of control, and it's uh, it's, it can. It, it's a it's an interesting one. Yeah, it is quite interesting that to have like magnesium flakes in a solution, and you have yeah. Okay, anyways, yeah, it's it's not that interesting. <laughs> So uh, you were there for a couple of years, and just a weird another thing that I remember is that you told me recently that you had material, or when you were working at Dow Corning, you had material sent out for processing at a company that I worked at. Yes. So I had a product that I was responsible for, um, the quality engineering aspect of it, and it was... um, 10684 Intermediate. Mm. It was a vinylated MQ resin. And it was made at Hydrite in Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. I was going to actually go to Cottage Grove, Wisconsin and visit them. Oh, that would have been the weirdest thing. (laughs) It would have been creepy. Um, So we we were bringing that product back in-house, and I was going to be the scale-up engineer um, putting that back into Dow Corning's production facilities. And we were having, I think before that, there was an issue going on with, I I can't remember, there were, there were two issues that I remember. One was turbidity and one was, I think something with a mass spec, um, the purity, the chromatograms weren't matching up okay. between what our labs were saying and what hydrate was yeah. saying. And, um, I don't remember how any of it was resolved, but I remember I got an email and it had like a Caleb York at hydrate.com or something. And I was, I was like, Oh my gosh, I wonder if I know him mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't directly from you. And I was like, Oh, that's a really small world. If that is him. <laughs> yeah. So hydrate does toll manufacturing, which means basically um, toll organic manufacturing. If, Dow Corning, Roman Haas, uh, Dow Chemical, hey, they're making such and such chemicals and they do not have enough capacity. Hydrite has chemical engineers and equipment where you can basically rent equipment time and say, hey, we need this many pounds of such and such. And so Hydrite will say, okay, you can have this reactor and we'll make the material. And then they, I worked in the quality control lab and each of the different materials had different specifications and turbidity is sort of like a clearness specification how clear the solution is correct something like yeah. that yeah yeah it's probably the best way to a layman's terms yeah. yeah and uh yeah so i i'm sure that i was probably like working night shift at the time and i tested that material for turbidity and i probably did a peroxide number and some other ph test or something like that and so you told me that and i'm like that's the weirdest thing i've heard that that like our paths would cross through work in this professional. Yeah. Yeah. Professional. yeah. And I was like, maybe it's him. I know. I thought he went into chemistry. I, you know, I don't know if he made it, you know, if he went and stayed in chemistry the whole time, but I was like, it's not, your name isn't that uncommon. So maybe there's, I'm sure there's a few Caleb's yeah. out there, you know, <laughs> Caleb York's. there's some Caleb York who's a D2 quarterback in South Carolina. And that's probably the only other well-known Caleb York that I know of. And there's another <laughs> one who's a high school principal in Tennessee, I believe. Nice. So, yeah, we're out there, all of us. So, so you were there a couple of years, and somehow you ended up in Tennessee. How did that happen? I did. Um, well, let's see. I guess one step back, I actually got my MBA while I was um, still in Midland at that point. So. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. How did that, how did the process, how did, how did it come to pass that you ended up going for and getting an MBA? I knew that I was really interested in the business side, so I was in production and I got to see a lot of how the business operated and I was really fascinated by it. And I knew 
that being technical and then having a little bit of um, business savvy would help me with uh, career trajectory, if you will. And uh, Dow Corning had a college tuition assistance program. And so they paid for me to go to school um, at a private school <laughs> for, to get my MBA. Um, so it was, it was an interesting experience. We had uh, 30 people in a cohort. So everybody started the program together and we graduated together. We took all of our classes um, at the same time. And it was Wednesday night from six until 10. And there was a ton of reading. It wasn't particularly difficult, but uh, it was just a lot of busy work. Mm-hmm. That's what I would classify an MBA as coming from an engineering school. <laughs> yeah, a lot of busy work. Seems like it. Like whenever you go to any non-technical class after taking technical classes, it seems like this is easy. What the Like people have trouble with this? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I'll save that, my, my story. But I remember we looked at some data and when you plot data, you know, you're looking for some sort of a causational effect. Um, you can do statistics and you have like an R squared factor. Yeah. And it'll tell you how close the data is to this best fit line that you have. And as an engineer, I like to see 0.9 or higher, which means like a 90% correlation, yes. roughly. And they would be excited about 0.2. I'm like, <laughs> it looks like it looks like a shotgun went off. And there's no there's there's no relation here. I don't see it. And so I always struggled in business school a little bit because they're like, you need to be okay with ambiguity. I'm like, there's nothing there. (laughs) When I do, I do a three point calibration curve. I work for an analysis and I require my R score to be above 0.98 for that. If I want accurate data. And like we were reading that book, the nurture shock book, and they're talking about like a correlation of 0.4. And I'm like, that's nothing. What the hell? That's you. So anyways, how did you end up in Tennessee? So um, Dow Corning has a has kind of a joint venture or had a joint venture now is the way to say it called Hemlock Semiconductor, and they were opening up a one billion dollar green site plant in Clarksville, Tennessee, and I had enough experience that you know I got tapped on the shoulder and was asked, "Are you interested in going to Tennessee and being a startup leader for this big plant that we're we're building?" And it was a good opportunity because my husband, uh, he, I don't want to say he was underemployed. He had a job here, um, but mid-Michigan isn't really known for software engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved to Tennessee so that John would have some better opportunities. And we ended up living in this little town called Adams, Tennessee, which is off of US 24. Or uh, I-24, sorry. And um, we, we lived out kind of in the country a little bit. It was a subdivision, but a country. Um, and John worked in Franklin, Tennessee. So he had this massive commute south of Nashville through Nashville. Yeah. And <laughs> I had this crazy job that I worked 100 to 120 hours a week. Oh, my God. That's in it. Clarksville. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a good experience. The plant has been torn down. It never started up. The oh. solar bubble burst. And I think one of the buildings is still standing. And it's like a Google server facility now. Really, so interesting. So, how long were you in in Tennessee for? I guess it was just shy of two years. Okay, and when 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 was that? Was that here? <laughs> yeah, probably 2010. I moved right after I finished my MBA, and I actually I had to drive. I had to fly back north to graduate and walk with my class. Um, oh. So it would have been like end of 2010, and then we moved back. Uh, we closed on our house here in. September of 2012. Huh. 
that's fun. So I could have just been driving through Nashville and passing John. <laughs> Didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, probably I, did. He was on the road a lot. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I was on the road a lot too. So that's interesting. That's is fun. John is John a Preds fan? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh gosh, it's embarrassing. He has this hat and he wears it here. You know. Yeah. 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 Oh, go Preds. Wings. Red wings. No, 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 no. Wings, no, no. wings. I, I like that. I support spreading the Predators gear across the country, so I, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> no, when you say, like, John and wearing sports gear all the time, that does not surprise me. <laughs> From what I remember about John, and I was friends with him in high school, he was, like, a huge Lions fan. Yep, uh, so I think of I think of John in a Lions hat. Yeah, John in a Lions hat and a Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Batch jersey. Like, that is my <laughs> picture of him. He has a Lions hat. Um... He has some Lions gear, but he doesn't really wear it a whole lot anymore. And last last year, believe it or not, he gave up on the Lions. <gasps> oh, I can't believe it. He's, he stopped him. watching. He stopped watching football. Just yeah, you know what? I I really cut back on my caring about football too because yeah, I'm not a big fan of. I yeah. think it's yeah. It's, I, it's not the same. It can be a little dangerous. I, I mean, that's I'm I'm really convinced by all these like concussion things that like this is an unsafe sport personally but i don't know so what i want to know susan is how at what point was the turning point for you where you knew personally that this plant wasn't going to build out believe it or not i remember calling my dad like two months after i got there telling him this place is never going to start up oh really yeah 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 it was it was such a cluster Mm um not to get into all the details of it but it was it was ridiculous (laughs) i mean it was really ridiculous. Okay. So how did you end up, look, how did you end up back in Michigan then? Um, I was really proactive and I pushed to get a job and get transferred back to Michigan before they laid everybody off. You knew it was happening. Yeah. So I escaped about five months before the big layoff happened. And um, yeah, I got a decent position in um, back in Midland and I was in process engineering. So they actually let me run experiments in glassware mm-hmm. <laughs> in the labs which is uh not typical mechanical engineering work not really no no um but i actually i had a patent publication i think they decided not to pursue it but um yeah if you google me in patents there's uh, some interesting work out there on mq resin and um using i think was it a product solvents to add on vinyl <laughs> okay yeah. Now, so if you want some good bedtime reading, um, it's <laughs> aprotic solvents. You say, oh, interesting. Actually, I know what those are. So, um, then you were there for how long in Michigan before you decided to jump ship from there? It was just shy. Well, it was about two and a half years. I had two kids mm-hmm. in that time period, so I was off of work for about six months of that. Um, so I, I say two and a half years, but really, I only worked for two. Um, and I kind of knew, um, so the big thing going on with Dow Corning right now is they're being um, taken over by Dow Chemical. Yes. And then there's the big Dow DuPont merger. Um, there was a lot of inklings about the Dow Chemical takeover happening. And um, I had a good source that said it was real. And I decided it really didn't want to stick around and find out what that was going to be like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of mergers going on in the coal chemical industry right now with Dow DuPont and Millipore and Sigma. And uh, Thermo Fisher buying everybody else out. And like, 
it feels like the wave has hit our industry now of corporate mergers, so to speak. And hope like I'm at a tiny company and we're not going to see any change. Actually, we were partially bought out, so I shouldn't say anything. But um, I'm I'm seeing that happen right now, and I'm seeing the fallout from that. I mean, there are good. There's good and bad. You have I hate to use this term business synergy whenever you have a purchase like that, but people end up getting laid off as a result because they become redundant. You can't have two people doing the same job that only one person needs to do that sort of thing. So right now you work for an automaker. What do. do you do there? Um, so I work for one of the big three domestic automakers. Um, doing engine design and i i'm gonna have to say i do not work for fiat chrysler so that that's just embarrassing um that anyone could think that so i will put that out there it leaves two um so you have 50 shot of figuring it out um so i work in engine design and i design air intake manifold assemblies and i also work on intercoolers a little bit so charge air coolers and engine appearance covers, which are like the most useless part ever. Yeah. You told me that you, one of the tests that you have is pouring uh, oil on the on the vanity cover. And so I changed my oil the other day and I made sure to pour oil all over my engine just for you. Oh, I know that was one of your specs. It's actually, it's a simulation. They actually don't do it like in real life. It's a computer simulation. It's amazing what they can do. Um, they do a computer simulation of pouring oil on the vanity cover? Okay. Yes. And and then the engine underneath, and they see where, like, the oil is projected to fall. Oh, like, cool. It's probably some Monte Carlo simulation, you know. And, oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, but it's like a picture. You can watch. It's like a movie, and you can watch the oil, like, trickle down off of the like, engine. Oh, it happened to trickle into the spark plugs as a result. It's just like... And then, then there's, like, a huge fireball. No, exactly, I'm, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Interesting. <laughs> they could do that. So that brings us up to the present day, pretty much. You've been there about a year, correct? Correct. Uh, it was a year, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And do you think this career path is for you, or do you think that you'd rather get back more to chemical processing, manufacturing, or what do you think? I don't know. I'm one of these people that if I'm challenged, I tend to enjoy it. Um, I don't know. There's just so much upheaval right now with the chemical, you know, industry kind of in this area that I don't know if I'd want to go back for that reason. Um, but I really have an interest in engine calibration. And then um, maybe a step after that would be algorithm development for controlling engines. So more okay. of the software side than the hardware, which is what I do now. Okay. All right. Well, great. That brings us to the lightning round. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Susan, the music is not live, just so you know. So you're not going to be excited <laughs> by the Family Feud music. In the background, but you're gonna have to pretend that you are. Yeah, it's actually it's, it's way more exciting. Oh, ah. yeah, it's crazy. So, Brad, <laughs> yeah. so let's knock these out, Brad. You have a bunch of lightning round questions, and then I have a couple after that. So, uh, are you ready, Susan? I am. Are you ready, Susan? <laughs> yeah, are you? All right. I realize every time I do this, a lot of these are food. So sorry. <laughs> exactly. That's fine. Okay, here we go. Favorite candy bar. Take five. Ooh, take five. Interesting. Pretzels uh, and chocolate. Mm. Don't mess around. That's good at all. That's okay, uh, left uh, field. Yeah, I like it. Uh, travel destination you'd like to visit but have not been to? Mainland Europe. I've okay. been to I've been to the UK, but I've never been actually into mainland Europe. Was it? What? Well, I, I know a great tour guide. 
<laughs> if you want, when like our kids are older and our, our families could probably go, that'd be really fun, actually. So yeah, so, plane, t- plane tickets are expensive, but yeah, I would I would enjoy. I've Brad, I told you like we should go at some point in time, but uh, yeah, I would yeah. love to take anybody to Europe. Um, obviously, this summer is not going to work out for that. But... Maybe a big Nagani tour. We'll all go like charter a jet and we'll just. Oh, that'd be awesome! Like the FinFast jet when they fly from Finland to Marquette. <laughs> we'll just hop that plane back. It'll be Sisu powered. Sisu powered. This plane doesn't need jet- av gas. We have Sisu. So. <laughs> That'd be cool. So, okay, go ahead, sir. All right. Least favorite chore? Folding laundry. I got to do that, actually. Uh, uh, do you drink coffee? And if so, do you grind your own beans? I don't drink coffee here. Occasionally I do at work. And the guy who makes the coffee uh, roasts his own beans and grinds them at work. Oh, wow. So it's not me, but I do drink coffee that's like that. Okay, that's a good answer. <laughs> um, have you ever changed a tire? I have. <laughs> Favorite ice cream flavor? Fish food from Ben and Jerry's. Huh. Nice. Yeah, excellent. Uh, what is your opinion on hand sanitizer? The mom in me says yes, because little kids' hands are gross. Um <laughs> But it's so chemically, it's kind of, I don't know, it's its a strange substance. And it smells weird. It does. Completely agree. That's exactly my answer. Um, oh, do you, do you like beer? What, what kind of, what's your favorite beer? I do like beer. Um, I've been on like a three, four year hiatus, really. Um, so I'm just getting back into drinking beer again. Um, oh. But I really like Oberon. Um, I have to say it's probably like... Yeah. Yeah, I just like it. Can't go wrong with I, Michigan summer beer. Yeah, yeah I also like I, Blue Moon with an with an orange in it, but I would pick an Oberon over that. I used to be a huge Oberon hater, and then I had one last year, and I can't figure out why. That, that's a beer is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, okay, all right. Uh, what is the furthest south you've ever been in the world? St. Lucia for our honeymoon. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Nice. Um, what is your favorite song? Or three. Or three. Oh, um, let's see. I really like uh, The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, yeah. Uh, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. And if I had to pick number three, Time in a Bottle, Jim Croce. Uh, I can't agree with that one. Anything oh. Jim Croce, I'm not down with. Um, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Well, look, like, there was some weird, like, everyone Jim Croce admiration thing that everyone had, like, five years ago, or it just came around that everyone appeared to love Jim Croce. I don't know. It's I think of... it's because he died. Like, no, he died it in the been, like, so, Yeah, he died in a plane crash in, like, 1972. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was, like, the anniversary of his death. Okay. It was something weird, like, TJ's sister and a bunch of other people were like, oh, yeah, Jim Croce's awesome. But, uh, <laughs> favorite movie or three? Uh, Doctor Strange Love or How I Stopped Worrying and Learned to Love the Bomb. And <laughs> I guess my next one would be Memento. I love. Oh, yeah, we watched that back then, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, that was... That's a great movie. That's a uh, that's a uh, Christopher Nolan, isn't it? You made that? Yes, I believe so. He's, all he's done is made great movies, so that included. Did he do Excellent. Pie as well? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Just look them up. All those movies are great. All right. <laughs> movies. Uh, what was the last book you read? Nurture Shock. I finished it last night. Oh, man. I got work to do. Okay. <laughs> How many push-ups can you do? 
10 probably? I don't know. I, I, I'm not a push-up person. Okay. okay. Uh, the chicken, the beef, the fish, or the pasta? The fish. Fish? I love salmon. Mm. Mm, okay. All right. Yeah, I can see that. I love salmon, too. Cedar plank. <laughs> Cedar plank. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's good. Fish. Mm. Give me your best pickup line. Okay. Let's see if I can do this. I've never used it ever. Um... Do we go to school together? Because I swear we have chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) It's cute. It's cute. What is the best year of your life? We're talking either calendar year or like age, like age 25 year or age 20 year or whatever. What would you say? Hi, Miles. (laughs) (laughs) We got to hurry. Um, Let's see. I would say it would probably have been 2008 before the big bubble crash of the housing industry and the economy started to suck a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just... What was fun about it? It was carefree. You know, we had our first house. I had a good job. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Miles. (laughs) Facebook or Twitter? Um, neither. I don't know. I'm not huge on social media. I guess it'd be Facebook, yeah. but I'm on both. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> have you ever thought about, oh, stop it. <laughs> have you ever thought about how cool pneumatic tubes at the bank are? Of course. I'm an engineer. Of course you have. <laughs> That's why I laughed before I it. <laughs> Stop it. This is what I'm in for in like three weeks. Is uh, that... <laughs> no, more like three, four years. Okay. Yeah. I was no. just crying before then. I get it. All right, gas or charcoal? Uh, gas is convenient, but charcoal definitely tastes better. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Michigan or Michigan State? Neither. I'm not a huge fan. What about SVSU? Uh, <laughs> Delta no. College? Nothing. Yeah, Delta College. Go there you go. Delta. I don't even think they have teams. <laughs> <laughs> the best and the worst vegetable. Best vegetable would be Brussels sprouts. Oh, worst yeah. vegetable, um, you can agree, disagree with me, but it's asparagus. Really? Huh. Oh, I can't stand it. It smells. Wide range of opinions on asparagus on this show. Jeez. For sure, yeah. Uh, asparagus is fine. Uh, best and worst fruit. Best fruit, um, cherries. I like cherries. Oh, yeah. um, worst fruit, I don't like papaya. Not There's either. About it. There's like a texture thing. Yeah, know. it's not great. It's not worth it. That's what I found. Um, okay, pancakes, waffles, or French toast. Pancakes. Uh, I'm skipping that one. Yeah, I'm skipping that one too. iPhone or Android? Android. Ooh. Let's get now. There's questions in here from different people that I plopped in here. That yeah, don't I don't think Susan cares how much balls the Seahawks suck. So <laughs> no. we'll talk about that. <laughs> so. I gotta edit this. Okay, favorite color. Purple. Uh, favorite slash least favorite subject in school. Favorite subject would probably have been math, and least favorite was sociology during senior year. Oh, that yeah. class was horrible. <laughs> It was, it was like first hour to Alexander. stay open for it. Yeah. I had I had sociology first hour senior year, yeah. I had orchestra, so I didn't have it first hour, but it was just... I'm sure it's an interesting topic, but the way the in- information was presented was just... I would agree 100%. I'm sure it's interesting with the right teacher. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. Uh, this will, this question will apply to yesterday. What did you have for lunch? I had a salad. Uh, if you could, uh, if you could listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, um, I, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of the albums I have. Maybe Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd? Good choice. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad one. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. No. Um, uh, favorite TV channel, network, or streaming service? What do you go to? Um, I really like Netflix. Good answer, me too. Uh, do you rinse your noodles after cooking them? No. Do people do that? Uh, apparently. We found out that they do, yeah. Yeah, apparently some mm. people do. Um... Okay, preferred water temperature when showering. You like a hot shower, like a cooler shower? Warm, somewhere in the middle. Not burn your skin off hot, but not shiver cold. Okay. Uh, can you swim? Yes. Uh, hilltop rolls. There we go. I like them. Awesome. Uh, how many traffic slash speeding tickets have you gotten? I have never been pulled over, which is amazing, wow. considering I have a 100-mile round-trip commute. <laughs> I've been doing that for four years now. So, and yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't speed that much. In, in my opinion, the closer in, if you're downstate, the closer you get to Detroit, the more tolerated it is to drive 90. Hmm. At least that's what I've seen. Like, yeah. like if you're east of, bigger fish to fry. Yeah. If you know, it's <laughs> like, if you're east of Ann Arbor or south of Flint, you can pretty much drive as fast as you want. That's yeah. I-75 is a little bit like NASCAR. You know? It pretty much just go as fast <laughs> as you want. Yeah. Uh, fa- favorite ethnic food. Kayla Brooke, favorite ethnicity on here? <laughs> um, well, my ethnic food, um, I would say, is Indian. Oh, really? Awesome. Oh, it's okay. Uh, when's the last time you held a $50 bill? I actually have one in my wallet right now. Um, it? It's because my kids got each a $50 bill from their grandparents for Easter, and I haven't put it in the bank yet. Oh, cool. So, not long ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, that's not normal, though. That's not normal. Right, I know what you mean. That's why I have that in there. Cake or pie? Cake. Or no, pie. Pie, for sure. Cake or death? Yeah, don't change your answer. Then, then I'll pick cake. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> options. We only had three pieces. We didn't expect such a rush. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I have a couple questions here. What is your favorite kind of tea? I like chai. Like chai tea. What is the food you hate that everybody else loves? And you can't get it. You can't understand that. Maybe it's asparagus. Um, John has a common hatred for asparagus as well, but everybody's like, oh, it's delicious. Try this pickled asparagus. I'm like, no. Mm." Oh, it's the best. Especially when it's fresh right out of the garden and like raw. Oh, it's wonderful. Okay. Yeah, I'm proving your point here. So how many violins have you owned? Owned is two and I still have two. You still have both of them? Did you have like a three quarter size one? I did not own it. I rented it. Okay. I had. I think I started out in like a sixteenth okay. size. Oh, one of those like Suzuki little tiny ones. Yes. Yeah, I actually started on a cardboard box. <laughs> um, what is the most expensive violin that you've played? Uh, my good violin that I have here. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I'm not gonna say how much it was worth, but the my violin maker offered to buy it back for me for double the price. Holy cow! Jeez. Yeah, he moved back to China and he wanted his violin back. Oh wow. <laughs> Cool. Um, remember when we did solo and ensemble together, and you wouldn't tell me what your score was? Do you remember what it was? Oh, I got a one. Yeah. Okay. Because you I were. Think like... I, got, I think I got a ninety-three, like out of a hundred. 
You were, I thought like you were embarrassed and you did bad so you wouldn't tell me what it was. Um, a 93 probably was what I thought was bad. <laughs> okay, which I thought was perfectly fine. <laughs> and I got accepted into the, the Michigan Orchestra, so yeah, it wasn't all that bad. <laughs> okay. And then the last question is, why are violas better than violins? Uh, the answer is because... kind of in the middle muddy range. No, like, the answer maybe? is be because they burn longer. Everybody knows that one, right? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. Mr. Sutherland. Yeah, so... <laughs> Susan, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us all about your life. Um, do you think that it has been enjoyable so far? The things you want to change? Uh, do you think that it's been fruitful so far? I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been good. It's oh. been good. All right. And that is how the fuck you got here. That is. Don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Keep smiling through, just like you always do, till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away. Folks that I know, tell them I won't be long. They'll be happy to know that as you saw me go, I was singing this song. We meet again, don't know where, don't know when, but I know. Some sunny day We'll meet again Don't know where Don't know where But I know we'll meet again Well, hi everybody, welcome to Podcastrated. Uh, this is another edition of How the Fuck We Get Here. Fuck, let me start over. Damn! <laughs>